Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tantras Mantra where we go behind and beyond the tech news headlines. Today, instead of focusing on the news headlines, we take a broader industry view and discuss the state of 5G in the US and explore what the future holds. As you all know, 5G had a good run so far in the US. All major operators have reasonable 5G coverage in the major urban areas and expanding fast. After the initial mid-band spectrum crunch for some operators, namely Verizon and AT&T, all of them seem to have enough mid-band spectrum for the near term now and more is on the way. US was the first to use a millimeter wave spectrum for 5G and its coverage is expanding but much slower than industry hoped. In terms of devices, 5G has reached almost all the tiers and price points and a majority of the smartphones being shipped today support 5G. With all that, I think it indeed is a perfect time to take a deeper look at current state of the industry in the US and explore what the future holds. And we have a perfect guest to discuss this with. Uh, he is somebody who has seen the US cellular industry up close from as far back as 3G, if not before. Uh, his name is Chris Pearson, the founding and longtime president of 5G Americas. Chris, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's been far too long since we have spoken and uh, really looking forward to our chat today. And, and really, again, the pandemic's been tough because we, uh, we haven't been able to get together enough at conferences and events, but looking forward to talking to you today. Excellent. And things are opening up. I hope to see you in the next event in a couple of weeks that is coming up. So, so Chris, you've been leading yeah. uh, 5G Americas for a long time, right? As I mentioned, you are the founding uh, president. And at that time, it was called 3G America. So you've been around for more than 20 years or so now, right? Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey at 5G Americas? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I've been in the uh, telecom industry, it seems like, all my life, actually. <laughs> if you can believe it, my mother, may she rest in peace up in heaven, she actually worked as a project manager for some the original Ma Bell way back in the day. But, uh, I see. But yeah. I, uh, I've been in uh, telecom for pretty much all my life and worked at GTE, uh, McCall Cellular, AT&T Wireless, and then definitely have been played a big role in 5G Americas, which you know previously, as you kind of uh, mentioned there, previously was called 4G Americas and 3G Americas. So yes, it's, it's something where I've been highly involved in the, in the mobile wireless cellular communications industry for over 20 years, and I've uh, been very proud to see this industry grow over those years. Very well. Let's jump on to the questions. I have quite a few of them. So the first one is, what are the things that you are currently focused on in uh, 5G Americas? What are some of the challenges that you're seeing in the market right now and some of the opportunities that you're looking to uh, take advantage of? Well, I think there's a lot of areas that 5G Americas has a role in. We work in three main ones, uh, technical facilitation and coordination, regulatory and advocacy, and then obviously education outreach with the industry media, mm-hmm. key stakeholders, industry analysts. So overall, if you start to say, okay, what what are some of the really hot areas that we're looking at? We continue to try to get everybody on the same page through our white papers and uh, that help educate the industry and move things forward. So some of those you know key areas that we're looking at right now are some of the great advancements and innovation that's going on in 5G as uh, the standard becomes more than just a standard, but commercially deployed new features and technical 
features get deployed. Mm -hmm. We also continue to work on areas like security and spectrum because, you know, as an example with spectrum, you really can never have enough internationally harmonized, licensed spectrum. You mentioned how the U.S. is now getting out more mid-band and that we started really well in the millimeter side. But, you know, overall, as an example, 5G Americas continues to look at the future pipeline of spectrum in the U.S. as well as in Latin America. You know, where's that pipeline going to come from? Because as many well before me have said, you know, spectrum is the lifeblood of our industry. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it, it's not that easy. Identify, allocate and auction uh, additional spectrum. So we're continuing to look at that. Um, other areas that have been a focus recently have obviously been, you know, distributed communications, the opportunities in the enterprise and vertical industries, and also looking even uh, beyond 5G toward 6G. And and sometimes you have to take a view of not just taking that leap to 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 the next generation in 6G, which we've seen starting to be discussed around the world, but looking at really what what are some of the advancements that are coming up very soon that are going to be commercialized or can be commercialized, uh, you know, in the next three or four years. So we got a, a pretty full plate. Again, we work on, you know, technical side, regulatory side, and, and really uh, educational outreach side. Very well, that's a good description of uh, the charter of 5G Americas and things that you're working on. So mainly 5G Americas itself is a, you know, heterogeneous group of uh, operators and others who are fierce competitors uh, in the marketplace, right? And Certainly. and they might have their own priorities and challenges and so on. So how do you manage all of this together and balance out and still make progress, right? Yeah, no, it's a great question because we do at 5G Americas feel that we have the leaders in the industry and that's the mobile wireless industry. And that's a that truly is, as you can appreciate through a lot of what you've been writing about, is a growing ecosystem. People used to think of it just as, well, it's the infrastructure and operator people. Mm -hmm. But actually, that's you know very far from the truth today with this growing 5G wireless ecosystem. So, you know, really, we have a great board of governors, a lot of leading companies in the industry that truly understand that, you know, working to progress mobile wireless communications in the Americas can benefit all companies. Uh -huh. If you look at where we were back in, you know, say five or 10 years ago, and the technology improvements, they wouldn't happen unless we had a lot of good associations like 5G Americas and others that were basically bringing people together to really get on the same page and progress mobile communications. And when you do that, when you get everyone together and and working to get everyone on the same page on a technical basis or a regulatory basis, then I think our board understand is that growing ecosystem and that growing mobile communications industry is going to benefit society. It's going to benefit the economies and it's going to benefit all the companies across our board. So I can't say enough about how great a board of governors that we had last year. And the year before, uh, we had from AT&T as our chairman, Egal Albaz, who was a, a great chairman and really took us through a very difficult time with the pandemic. This year, we have Neville Ray of uh, T-Mobile. That is our, our chairman. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yes, we've just been very fortunate to work with a lot of great chairmen and board officers as well as the, the, the board. Okay. Let's look at the 5G in the Americas. can safely say that 5G is at a stage where we can call it mainstream, as I mentioned in my monologue. 
But uh, if you really look, it's primarily just enhanced mobile broadband, right? EMMB as it's called sometimes, targeted at smartphones most of the time. And some might even say that it's essentially same as 4G, albeit with slightly higher speeds and capacity. One might wonder where is the 5G that everybody hyped about, right? Uh, with URLLC, you know, industrial IoT, industry 4.0 and everything. And I know that there's a lot of standards being developed. I'm a TGPP member and you know, see the standards being worked on, finalized and so on. So from your vantage point, specifically in the U.S. market, when do you expect to see these things commercialized, right? Rolled out on typical networks with the right use cases and so on. So it's a great question. And we always have to be careful at 5G America's, uh, the the competitors don't share their exact plans. But overall, I'd say this. I mean, we've learned in the pandemic Mm -hmm. exactly what you kind of mentioned that connectivity is king. So I think it was somewhat obvious uh, that enhanced mobile broadband would be first out the door for 5G. Mm-hmm. But as things progress, I think that's when you actually will see with the deployments that are made with mid-band. Mm-hmm. And that means that we first had to get more mid-band spectrum available, which, as you mentioned, just happened recently, mm-hmm. as well as the, again, the, the, the maturity of the standard becoming closer to commercial reality and, and the capabilities being you know built in to more and more IoT possibilities and things like that. And then with the addition of standalone now catching some momentum uh, in the marketplace around the world, mm-hmm. that's when you start to say that, yeah, we're not there yet. We're probably, even though you said it's mainstream, and I agree with that, we're also really at just the tip of the iceberg where you have to have the deployments, you have to have the spectrum to do those deployments in the manner that you want to address URLC as well as IoT, you also have to have again the standard to be uh, co- you know completed and then available for commercial uh, reality. So I don't have a time frame. I mean, I can't tell you it's going to be within a year or two, but I'm saying it's all coming and it's coming very soon. I mean, we are we are mainstream from a enhanced mobile broadband perspective, and the fact that you see so many. Uh, deployments uh, around the world. As an example, you know, there's 221 5G commercial global deployments, but that is mainstream. What's not mainstream quite yet is that we haven't had everything in our toolkit to deploy. And so as we get everything in the toolkit, again, as I mentioned, Spectrum, uh, the technical features, standalone, uh, all these different things, then you'll see more and more new vertical use cases and, and industries that will begin utilizing the, the 5G technology. Okay. Do you think it'll be like next couple of years when we'll see the first uh, instances of these or it's like, you know, three to five years away? Any sense there? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, again, I'm not a, I don't have the crystal ball on the commercial you know, plans of each of the companies. But I would say uh-huh. the first step is to make sure uh, that we get everything out there that's available in our toolkit, which again, includes the, again, spectrum and deployments and the latest releases, uh, 3GPP releases. So I would say, yes, in the next few years that you will begin to see our industry addressing more and more uh, use cases that you mentioned. Okay. And you talked a little bit about millimeter wave where US was the first one to introduce it. Verizon specifically is looking at expanding and so on. But on the flip side, US operators, as we talked about, currently have enough spectrum. Actually, they are using only 
part of it, less than 50% of what they have available in their kitty in terms of deployment, which means they have enough capacity and spectrum left with them for the future deployments. And, uh, you know, there are more auctions coming where there is more mid-band spectrum uh, being made available. In such a case, uh, where do you see you know, millimeter wave positioned? Is it an industry need or a want? Or if it is not a current need right now because we have this amount of spectrum, when do you expect it to be a real business need for operators? I think, number one, I would say that, that you are correct in, in that the U.S. has been a leader in identification, allocation, auctioning, and actually deployment of millimeter wave. That has been beneficial to the industry. I think we learned a lot mm-hmm. about 5G. Also, we've learned a lot about the high band spectrum opportunity that's there. But when you you talk about there being enough spectrum and that we're not you know necessarily utilizing it, if we look at it from a 5G America standpoint, to meet the potential of 5G, it's going to be a combination. It's going to be low band, uh, mid band, and and millimeter bead band. And if you look at What's happened mm-hmm. just recently, you know, our operators uh, began to get more mid-band in their portfolio, you know, except for one national operator that was able to get some uh, through through their merger. But overall in the U.S., you know, that, that additional mid-band spectrum from the C-band auction just came into the hands and mm-hmm. and uh, had, had started to be deployed. And, and there's, as you said, there is spectrum that hasn't been deployed yet, but there are timeframes associated with those auctions and when that spectrum is available for deployment. So I would say that we still need this future pipeline of spectrum. And I think it is going to include low, mid and high band spectrum. I do think with the millimeter way, we did learn as an industry that the propagation characteristics you know, is challenging when you look at deployments, but you've also seen mm-hmm. that millimeter wave with the amount of spectrum and in the right deployment scenarios can be very beneficial for an operator and their customers. At the same time, because we've had this mid-band sweet spot and mid-band sweet spot, what I would say is uh, it, it's providing you know, both coverage and, and provides you enough capacity because it's, it's larger channels than, than our low band spectrum. Then we've seen that those operators have said, you know, yeah, this is, this is where we, we are going to put a lot of our emphasis on our deployments and so forth. So it's a very much uh, not a straight answer because it's not a straight question. There's a lot to it. But I would say from 5G America's standpoint, um, we're going to need for our industry to, to reach the, the promise of 5G, really low, mid and high band spectrum. And it will be the licensed internationally harmonized spectrum that will be put to best use for 5G. Yeah, so my question was, again, you know, there is enough. So obviously, all this spectrum is needed uh, at some point of time. But with limited coverage, maybe you know, use cases like stadiums and other things are places where you need millimeter wave. But And also for millimeter wave to be effective, you need dense deployments, not just few sites here and there. And I don't see that happening from uh, the operators in the near term. They're kind of focused on investing in expanding mid-band spectrum because that is the higher order priority for them. So trying to understand the timelines where millimeter wave will start becoming a basic need itself, not just uh, good to have and so on. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's move on to 6G now. The most important question I have for you is when 6G comes along, will you change the name of your organization to 6G Americas? 
because in the past we went from 3G Americas to 4G Americas, then to 5G Americas, then would that be same with 6G as well? It's a great question, and I don't have any, uh, I don't have any formal announcement to to make except to say this. I mean, obviously, five G has a a huge roadmap of innovation in front of us, mm-hmm. and a huge opportunity with five G. Even as we, you know, go to three GPP release, uh, you know, eighteen and nineteen and so forth. And so, even though six G is being talked about. Um, it's being talked about throughout the world, not just at 5G Americas and not just at Addis and not just at the you know, other organizations. It's, it's throughout the world it's being looked at. We definitely are looking at, are, are involved in various discussions and we have a, a work group that's looking at the future, but we're also very much uh, uh, behind our 5G and our 5G Americas name. I don't know if, if we would uh, go ahead and uh, change our name or not at some point, but that would be, in my estimate, a, a long ways off. Because uh, if you look back at our history, yes, we were 3G Americas, we were 4G Americas, and now we're 5G Americas. But uh, we've always been um, a proponent for, for you know, not just looking at the, the future way off, but looking at what technology can do in, in the years ahead. And that's where we are with 5G. 5G, even as we go to 5G Advanced and more technical features and capabilities, it's got a huge roadway and, and roadmap of innovation. So no announcement to make today. And uh, won't be an announcement, I'm sure, for, for quite some time. Okay. Yeah, as you mentioned, I know I fully agree that we are still very early stages of 5G. Yeah. We've only done the mobile broadband part. A lot to be done there for sure. And because of that reason, when, you know, even when you mentioned 6G, people roll their eyes saying, uh-huh. what are the things that 5G promised before we talk about 6G? And also, as you mentioned, you know, there are at least two or maybe even three releases of 3GPP before 6G. You know, these are called as 5G advanced, Yeah, as you know. So let me ask you this then, given all that, do you think it is too early to talk about 6G then? You know, I, I don't think it's um, necessarily too early to talk about it. But I do want to make sure, I guess, in my personal opinion, that we're keeping some perspective of that of that talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have heard, you know, some pundits basically, you know, want to say, oh, you know, 5G isn't delivering, so we need to move to 6G um, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I think 5G is uh, really just in the beginning. It's a voyage and that it is just full of great opportunities before us. So I think it's okay, and it is uh, normal to begin discussions about 6G and, and things like that. But I think it's very important for those that are talking about it to put it in perspective, because there's been a great deal of research and development and investment in 5G, and we're really just at the you're kind of the early stages. And I'll go back to the U.S. You know, in the U.S., it's just just recently that our operators, mm-hmm. you know, have been able to get enough mid-band spectrum to basically deploy it in the way, in the manner that they want to. So mm-hmm. I would say overall, um, yeah, go ahead and talk about 6G, think about the future. But, you know, the future is extremely bright for 5G and 5G advanced and uh, it's going to be around for a long time, and it's going to show everybody in the next few years all the you know great things that it can do. Yeah, and also, I mean, it takes you know ten years of work before anything gets commercial. So yeah, not to mention agreement. You know, the, the, our industry has been built 
on really great standardized processes. And obviously, lately, you know, 3GPP has been the place for everyone to come together. So, you know, the, the idea of uh, even 6G, and I know ITU is starting to, to discuss it, but it, it takes a lot to move things along and, and, and in a consensus manner. So it's, uh, it, it's not an easy task. And I would say you're 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 exactly right. It's gonna it was it's going to take a long time, and uh, we're just in the early parts of discussion at six of six G items. Uh, it's gonna be a while, but I would go back to hey, I'm very bullish and positive about five G and five G advanced. Okay, cool. So from five G America's perspective, what are some of the six G activities that you are involved in? So we have been um, we have a, a our own technical work group that is you know, really uh, studying and analyzing and actually putting forth their ideas about what the next generation is going to look at. What are the use cases that might need to be addressed? What type of technologies are, are, are possible? And also what kind of work and discussions are happening uh, around the world? We published uh, a white paper last year that uh, kind of started this process of an assessment of what's going on for that next generation. So uh, we also have the ongoing technical work group that will continue to look at that. You know, 5G Americas definitely is, is looking at it mm-hmm. and uh, assessing it, uh, making sure that we all of our members understand it and publishing white papers about it. Okay. And uh, as you might know, unlike previous generations, there's a lot of global focus on 6G, right? Yeah. Almost every major country or major region has formed some sort of 6G coalition or exploratory group or something like that that will further the region's own interests rather than just taking what uh, uh, the West is doing, for example. This includes China and India and so on. So how do you think this uh, global focus with everybody eyeing to get their piece of uh, the standard, how will that uh, affect uh, 6G development? Well, I think it, it, it's not too different that's been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. I know it gets a lot of publicity about what's going on, but as an example with mm-hmm. with 5G, uh, 5G Americas mm-hmm. uh, early on entered a memorandum of understanding with other leading visionary mm-hmm. or you know 5G visionary associations from around the world and you know and that included Europe uh, Japan China mm-hmm. Korea India and Brazil mm-hmm. and so there were there were and there are associations and groups that have been out there on 5G and then obviously it will proceed some of the same groups and sometimes different groups as we move to 6G so even though people might highlight that fact, it's already been happening for a while. But the key will be everyone coming together when it comes to 6G and the standards and those types of things. And we want to make sure that we don't get fragmented because of it. Okay. And in such uh, you know competitive environment, how do you think U.S. companies and the U.S. telecom industry can protect and expand its technology leadership further the region's own interests? You know, I think it's a key question because through innovation and involvement, the U.S. companies continue to be leaders. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the, you know, the history of technology, the U.S. has, has had you know, great 
research and development um, in, in technologies you know, across the board, not, not just uh, wireless communications. And a lot of those technologies are now becoming really a bigger part of the you know, wireless ecosystem. So as the telecom industry ecosystem grows, mm-hmm. it, it's just critical that U.S. companies continue to showcase their innovative research and development and contribute to, to the you know, standards process. So I, I would reiterate that you know, being a participant and continue to do, be innovative and be involved. And if we do that, we'll continue to have that technology leadership from the United States. Okay. And even when you look at, uh, you know, next phase of 5G and even 6G as well is uh, it's going to be mostly verticals that will be benefiting. Right? Uh, but historically, these verticals were taking whatever the cell industry makes in terms of standards and technologies and use them, maybe optimize it in some cases for their own use. But going forward, I think uh, verticals will have a bigger role to play. The technology and standards being developed should be guided by what uh, the verticals need, one, and involve their inputs much earlier in the development phase itself. I, I see that 5G Americas has a kind of a unique role to play there in terms of connecting uh, the telecom industry with the industry, the verticals in the region, for example. Uh, are you doing anything of that sort or planning to do? Well, yeah, it's it's a bit of a challenge because the kind of the end user mm-hmm. ecosystem, I would say, or the end user verticals, mm-hmm. you know, they have their own uh, environment of what they, who they are and what they do and how they do it. So for us, what 5G America's role has been is to make sure that we are writing about the opportunity with, you know, private wireless networks and private enterprises, that we are writing about the 5G vertical industries that could really do great by understanding 5G technology. And then our companies, you can help promote those white papers to these industries through their contacts channels. So, you know, we don't have a kind of introductory type of uh, mechanism between the end user uh, vertical and our telecom players, but we are trying to address that market through an educational process with our white papers and having you know m- our members be able to reference those white papers when they're working with customers or people in different industries. Um, also, I've spoken you know from a 5G Americas and 5G standpoint at uh, different you know conferences uh, that that basically address the vertical markets, trying to make sure they understand 5G technology, where it's going, what's happening with it, and those types of things. So it isn't uh, necessarily an easy challenge, but we are are, are definitely working and, and trying to make progress on it. Excellent. That was uh, my last question. Uh, really enjoyed the discussion. Uh, thanks for your inputs. Thank you very much for coming over to the show. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it, and uh, it's been far too long, and I look forward to uh, staying in contact as we uh, get through this pandemic. Indeed, and I hope to see back you on the show as well. Oh, great. Thank you. So, folks, that's all uh, I have for now. I hope you found the discussion informative and useful. If you did, please hit that subscribe button down there. I'll be back very soon with another episode, putting light on another interesting tech subject. Bye-bye for now.